0: Alright, we'll try. We'll try this again. And like I said, guys, I'm nervous. So hopefully um, you see through the eyes of love (laughs) and forgiveness and patience. And um, like I said, today is Elizabeth Eden's dedication day, And I just want to congratulate you guys and say that I'm super excited for you guys and on that note I thought the devotion would be it would be great to have a devotion on parenting I am so not an expert ask my children ask my husband (laughs) in fact yesterday I was I was guilty of saying oh yay aren't you just going to be happy to be to celebrate mommy tomorrow because y'all are mad at me right now (laughs) so uh I uh, wanted to share 10 tips for raising godly children, and I did not come up with these. These came from more experienced parents and uh, from parenting sources. So before I share tip number one, I wanted to ask you a question. If you knew nothing about car mechanics and you were asked to teach a class about it, do you think you could do a good job? I can change a tire, (laughs) but I can't change the oil. Um, So if, uh, obviously the question is, I mean the answer is no, so which brings me to tip number one. Start with you and God. You have to know what you're talking about. You and God have to be in sync and you get passionate about a relationship with God. Do you think that is crucial? Do you think it's important? Yes? No? (laughs) In Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 6, God tells parents, and I'm just going to skim through this right here, to love God with your heart, with your soul and might. That's pretty broad coverage. And he also says, teach your children diligently when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, and when you rise. So, if I'm reading into this right, you basically only get a break time if you're unconscious or sleeping. (laughs) Uh, which is about true for parenting Um, but the foundation for raising godly children and you guys if you disagree with me let me know afterwards is to love God above every other love and put him first in everything now tip number two before I give it to you I want to ask another true or false I going to ask a true or false dad and mom's relationship whether good or bad does not affect the children at all tell me true or false very, isn't it? So, which brings me to the next tip, strong marriages are crucial. Strong marriages add stability to the life of a child. Work on your marriage. If your marriage is shaky, then your parenting is going to be shaky, unfortunately, and I know a lot of parents out there who are probably shaking their heads and raising their hands and doing the dance inside. When dad and mom are firm in the foundation of passionately loving God first, they will correctly love each other, or they'll try to most of the time. How about they won't be perfect, but they'll keep on trying. And they will also have that strong marriage foundation that their children need. And I'm not going to leave single parents out here. You guys have a special place in my heart. They need to surround themselves with... Strong role models and Christian influence. And remember that God is a great God and He's bigger than anything. And He is a God of forgiveness and He is also a God of great power and He can get you through anything. Amen. So, another question before I share tip number three: Whose parenting advice is the most valuable? Your parents? They're probably pretty important. Mine are. Grandparents? They got a lot of wisdom. Friends? Yeah, sometimes. Dr. Phil, I almost put Oprah in there, but I didn't. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to give the answer in tip number three: the Bible is the foundation. And I'm not trying to do Sunday school pat answers here, but make the Word of God your standard. There are thousands of books out there circulating on parenting advice, and probably even more par- uh, even more different opinions. Now, while parenting books aren't bad, I'm, I'm not knocking on them. I like them. But you have to make sure that they're grounded on the Bible. And you have to think, who created the family unit? God. He gave us the instruction manual for the family unit. So, are we going to find the answers... We can find some answers in, in parenting books, but only when they're based on the instruction manual of the one who created the family unit. So, the Bible's full of great Christian advice on raising children. True or false, before I share tip number four, parenting rarely parents rarely disagree on how, how to parent children. True or false? <laughs> if you ever meet parents that never disagree, please introduce me to them. <laughs> there's been so many fights that have broken out over this particular fact. Which leads us to tip number four. Parents need to be on the same page, at least most of the time. In Amos three three, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Sometimes I feel like Dan and I are walking in the wrong direction into each other sometimes, just bumping into each other. I'm sure he feels the same way too. I'm sure it's all my fault. <laughs> it's really his. <laughs> parents make a commitment parents need to make a commitment to search the scriptures and to read biblically based books if parents are not in agreement their children, bless their little peepick and angel hearts because they're born into sin, they can't help it they're going to manipulate mom and dad my children are good at that. <laughs> and they're good children. They're just good at it. And the whole family suffers if mom and dad aren't on the same page. Before sharing tip number five, true or false, children basically raise themselves. Some people think so, and some people don't. Here's my opinion. I really believe it's false. Here's why. It's because of today, in our day and age. Tip number five, protect, you have to protect your children nowadays. In a culture that is overflowing with sexual immorality, pornography, child pornography, disgusting movies, filthy songs, pedophiles, and false teachers, and that's just to name a few. The list goes on and on. It is absolutely essential that parents take responsibility not only for their children's physical well-being, because that's pretty easy. Feed them a hot dog all day, they're happy. (laughs) But their mental and mostly their spiritual well-being because that's the most important. A major part of protection for the children is teaching them the truth. You teach them the truth so they'll recognize the lies. Amen? You can't recognize the lies unless they know the truth. Parents need to understand that it's not primarily the church's responsibility to protect the minds of the kids. It's mama and daddy's responsibility. Is that true? It is true. Question, have you ever blessed your child? Yeah, I I really wasn't sure what that meant whenever I ran across that and whenever someone asked me that. And it doesn't mean after they sneeze, otherwise I would be a pro at that because my children have a lot of allergies. (laughs) I would be really good at that. So tip number six, bless your children in today's day and age. I remember Brother Steve mentioning this the other night in Bible study, speaking blessings over our children just doesn't happen too much anymore. And what does it even mean? Because in the Bible, they would lay hands on their their children and they would speak God's promises over them and they would speak God's protection and they would speak encouragement to where the kids could hear. And that's amazing. Kids need to hear that. Kids need to know that you love them so much that you want to pray over them and you want to protect them with a hedge of prayer. Another way to bless your kids is to take time for for your children. And it means to play with them on their level. If they like to go fishing, great. But if they don't like to, play blocks with them. You know what I mean? Another way to bless your kids is to physically, lover, physically offer words of affirmation and physical affirmation. I mean, kids love hugs. And if they don't love them, they still need them. They need to know. And they love, they love tickle fights. I don't know how many times I've tickled Cadence and Silas comes over, Tickle me too, tickle me too hat's on the back. Kids need that. They need to know. Another way to bless your kids is to speak to them on their level and don't expect them to be adults and to love your kids in a way that they understand. I don't know if anybody in here has, has read the five love languages of children. Good book. Good, good book. I highly recommend it because if I speak to Silas, because we each express love in a particular way. My way is lots of times it's gift-giving or service. I will do something for you as a way to tell you I love you. But Silas's love language, I've noticed, he likes touch. He likes hugs. He likes tickles. So do I need to express my love to him in a way that uh, I mostly understand or in a way that he mostly understands? So to bless your children is to speak on their language, in their love language, in a way that they understand love. For our chair, tip number seven, what is your child's greatest need? And do you know it? That's kind of a trick question, I think. And uh, tip number seven is to know it, to know, to understand your child's greatest need. Psalms 51.5 says their chief problem is that they are born a sinner. Your child's greatest need is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because stuff on this world doesn't matter. What matters is where they're going in eternity. Everything else pales in comparison with this. My parental goal is to point my kids towards Christ. So before I share tip number eight, we're almost done. True or false, the father's only job is to bring home a paycheck, the rest is left up to mom. True or false? The father, tip number eight, should lead. Be the leader in parenting. This is a quote from Dr. Wade Horn, and he was president of the National Fatherhood Initiative. And it's rather sobering. If America continues on its present course, it will be known as the nation of founding fathers with no fathers to be found. Lots of boys and men, but no fathers. One of the most critical needs in our family unit today is fathers to take an active role in parenting their kids. Ephesians 6.4, Paul instructs fathers not to provoke their children to wrath, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Remember those words, bring them up. I've talked heart to heart in my youth ministry days with a lot of wrathful, a lot of angry kids. And you know what makes them the most angry? This is sad, guys. They are confused because dad isn't the same at church as he is at home. Home. He's distant. He's not involved. He's always gone. He's overly critical. He's always angry. He lacks showing them love. He showed them way. He only shows them discipline. He has. Uh, he was selfish, etc. The, the list goes on. Talking to the kids, but as soon as he walked through the doors of the church, a mask slipped on. And the children, the kids, I mean, all the way up 13, were really confused. They saw dad living a lie. They assumed dad. Since dad thought the relationship wasn't that important, was that important with God, that it must not really be that important, period. And that is heartbreaking because dads play a huge role in kids' lives. Fathers need to be the spiritual leaders that God intended them to be. And dads need to step up. Tip number nine is train your children. In Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, it tells children to do two things. What was the first underlined word right there? Obey. And the second underline word, what is it? Yep. And what do they get if they do these two things? What's the third underline words? They get promises. But what you can't let slip by you is that means that parents are on a rescue mission for their children. They want to keep their children, they should want to keep their children, under this umbrella of God's blessings. And to do that, you need to train them. In Ephesians 6.4, remember, uh, it's interesting that the Greek word that says bring them up, remember I told you to remember that phrase, bring them up, we're talking about the Greek word that's used for that, is only found one other place in the New Testament. And that's kind of big because the Greek words have a lot of deep meaning. And it's used in Ephesians 5.29 also. And it uses the same word to instruct a husband to nourish his wife as he would his own body. You're not going to starve your own body if you can help it. You're going to give it nourishment. You're going to give it whatever it needs. So to bring up and to nourish your children paints a picture that where there is, con- there will be consistent instruction and discipline and constant love. There needs to be a balance. And before I share the last one, tip number 10, we need to beat, so true or false, we need to beat the fear of God into the kids. Do you know I've heard this several times? Probably more than 10. From people who are... Well, they they claim to be Christian parents. And that's not. That's awful. That's awful. I don't know if they were kidding or not, but whether they were or weren't, it's awful. Tip number 10, last one, and then I'll hush because I usually over-talk. Teach your children to reverence or to fear God. In doing this last tip, we have to remember this. A change in behavior that does not stem from a change in the heart is not commendable. It's condemnable. Do you agree? Our calling as parents is to inspire them to have a fascination and an awe for the majesty of God. It's not to beat them into outward submission. That's pointless and it's harmful. We want them to enjoy the things of God, not endure them. And here's the kicker and I've said it more than once it's going to be impossible for me to teach Silas and Cadence. The reverence for God, if I'm not already experiencing it in my life right now. to sum it all up. I think of three steps, and I get a mental picture in my mind. One: I run passionately towards God as fast and as hard as I can, me myself and I. Two: I link arms with Dan and my, my spouse. And we run passionately as hard and as fast towards God as we can. And three, we pray without ceasing over our children. And we trust that God loves them more than we do. And that he's going to chase after them hard too. So on that note, if you pray with me. Lord, thank you for loving us and thank you for loving our kids even more than we could imagine. And Lord, I just... Please help me to daily love you in every way. And I want my children to see that you are real in my life. I want them to see that you are the only thing worth living for. In Jesus' name, amen.